You listen to me. You're Nick fucking Woo Cage! Hello and welcome to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. My name is Rob Humphrey and I'm joined by Cat Valor. Cat, how are you? Hello, doing good. Excited to be talking about Nick Cage as always. That's right. We are back with more Nick Cage talk, and uh, it seems like it never stops. Nope. Uh, we've got a couple of things in Nicolas Cage news. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Sympathy for the Devil yet? I have not seen Sympathy for the Devil yet. Um, all right. Well, the director has, has uh, been talking about, well, talk, spoke about Nicolas Cage. Um, director whose name I do not have in front of me for some reason. Uh, I can't find it here either. Oh, there it is. Yuval Adler uh, had this to say about Nicolas Cage. He said, uh, quote, I never worked with somebody who is so fanatic in the best places. Like five, six weeks before the shoot, he's 100% on the film. If you feel like all he does at home in the late hours is sit on, you feel like all he does at home in the late hours is sit on the script. I am doing prep and I'm getting one or I'm getting 10,000 texts. What about this line? Can I say this? What about this? Why? Can we change it? Look at this video of Truman Capote interviews with Tennessee Williams. What do you think about their accent? Look at his jacket. That and all the time and brilliant. He comes up with a lot of ideas. <laughs> That's, he comes uh, up with a lot of ideas. Sounds yeah. like everything I've ever heard about Nicholas. Yeah, so that's a little insight, uh, I guess, on what it's like to work with Nicolas Cage. He's just blowing up your phone with constant questions, requests, and going over the script. Um, Have you seen the Brian De Palma movie Snake Eyes? I have not. Um, Well, it looks like we might be getting a sequel to that movie. Um, Nicolas Cage, he says he, he would be willing to come back for a Snake Eyes sequel. Um, I don't know how close it is to being done, but that is the rumor going around now. Um, That's exciting. Yeah, I Snake Eyes, I've seen once. I didn't really care for it. I'm kind of looking forward to rewatching it when we get to that point. Um, I do like Brian De Palma as a, as a director. I don't know, though, if this was just... Um, I don't know if this is a real thing or if this is just people speculating and somebody asked him if he'd be willing to do it or not. Right. You know, I don't know how how much interest Brian De Palma has in in a sequel to that movie. That movie, if, if memory serves, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't well received by critics, and I don't think it did very well at the box office. But it has been kind of, um, it's kind of gotten a bit of a cult status since then. So, I guess it's a it's a possibility. We'll have to wait and see whether that's going to happen. Uh, Snake Eyes is one of those ones. I haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I've noticed that kind of cult reception to it. Mm-hmm. Like over the last few years, it's one of the ones I've been looking forward to seeing just because I hear about it fairly frequently. Right. I feel like. So. Yeah, um, it's not bad from what I remember. Like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to rewatching it and we'll get there at some point. I don't know how many movies we have between now and then, but it feels like a lot. <laughs> It's when you look at the list of Nicolas Cage movies, I feel like we're going to be doing this show for a long, long time. We're going to be doing this show for a long time. <laughs> um, however, uh, this week's episode is about the 1990 film Firebirds.
you objective in your lives to become masters of air-to-air -air combat tactics. Okay, baby, let's do it. That pilot's good. You have a problem with women in the Army, Preston? Not with all of them, sir. Aren't you forgetting something? You keep them. Come on, show me what you got. Gee, is this a quiz, sir? Your whole life's a quiz, young man. I'll wash you out if you can't cut it. You clear on that? I got it, I got it! It's like sex. I need you to help me out. Hardly anybody gets it perfect the first time. We're pushing these guys a little too hard, sir. He wants me out of here. I think it could be one of the best. <laughs> time to rock and roll. Just so you know, I will be kicking your rear today. Good. People, there's a hostile situation. We are on red alert. This is not a drill. You think it's fine for me to be a pilot as long as there's nothing at stake? People are gonna die down there! We will confront the forces of evil and kill them dead or in hell. Firebirds was released May 25th, 1990, at a budget of $22 million. It made $14.7 million at the box office. It stars, uh, obviously, Nicolas Cage. Tommy Lee Jones are the only two that I recognize from, from the movie. Um, Kat, what were your initial thoughts on Nicolas Cage in Firebirds? I think Nicolas Cage did a really good job in Firebirds. Um, this was a movie that required him it, it required the leading man to have a lot of charisma to kind of carry the movie and i think he did that while also leaving some space for other actors which are you know the two concerns with this can they carry it and can nicholas cage leave space for other performances and the answer in this case but like all the way around yes i think he did great okay um i did not care for his performance in this movie no um, yeah, this is really the first time I feel like I've been almost let down by a Nicolas Cage performance. Um, really? Yeah, I, I found um, him extremely annoying in every scene in which he was in the simulator. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I I did not enjoy any scene between him and the love interest in this movie. Um, and it, it might be because we had just watched Wild at Heart, but it felt like those two oh. had zero chemistry whatsoever like these people not only should they not be together they should stay as far away from one another as possible <laughs> um and I, I don't know i just i i felt like he, there was just nothing going like i didn't get that charisma that you're talking about like i just didn't feel it in this movie that's interesting like um, i felt like tommy lee jones gave a better performance now tommy I'll lee jones this. gave a really good performance tommy lee jones in every movie is just tommy lee jones yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, which is fine. I like to, I've heard he's an awful, awful person. Um, it just, it's just very, very, he is his character. Like, I don't know if he's acting when he's in these movies. He's tr- <laughs> just genuinely annoyed to be there and, and what, with whatever he has to do. From what I understand, I don't, I don't know. I've never been the man. Um, but all I ever want him to be is Tommy Lee Jones. I always enjoy him yeah. in every movie. With this, it was like, um, well, we, I think we mentioned this last week. This movie is essentially Top Gun with helicopters. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I think one of the posters says that. <laughs> I would not be surprised because it was one of those things where it's like you see a movie that's advertised as Top Gun with helicopters and you're like, OK, well, that's a little marketing stunt. You know, uh, this felt like Top Gun in so many ways, but with yes. helicopters like that's that's just there's not a better way to describe this. Right. But you're so what you're asking Nicolas Cage to do is be Tom Cruise in this movie. And that just isn't Nicolas Cage's thing. Um, yeah, I just I, I, I did not I did not care for his performance or the movie's use of him, to be honest with you. I will say uh, the even though I was thinking about Top Gun a lot during this movie, hearing Nick Cage, like hearing you say that he was supposed to be Tom Cruise in this movie, I think explains uh, my hot take of the day. Mm-hmm. Which is that I actually prefer Firebirds strongly to Top Gun. I'm not a huge Top Gun fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I'm not, I'm not going to say that uh, Firebirds is like revolutionary. If you don't like the kind of movie that Top Gun is, you're not really going to like Firebirds that much. But I feel like this was a lot more entertaining. And I think part of it is because I also am not a huge fan of Tom Cruise. Uh, but I do like Nick Cage. <laughs> so, yeah. like, uh, letting him carry a movie makes a lot more sense to me than letting Tom Cruise carry a movie. Okay, well, I you know, look, I, 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 I obviously love Nicolas Cage. I, I do this show. Um, but I also happen to really like Tom Cruise as an actor, as a person. He's a nightmare. I have no idea what's going on <laughs> in that little man's head. But as an actor, I think he's fantastic. And he is, you know, a, a great movie star. Um, I can't really compare this to Top Gun because I've never seen Top Gun. I've seen clips of Top Gun. I I feel like without having seen Top Gun, I have seen Top Gun in my life. I feel like seeing this now and clips yeah. of Top Gun, you've got your bases <laughs> covered yeah. there. But I felt like everything in Top Gun just seemed better than everything in this movie so there's that oh see i disagree i feel like um on a technical level yes top gun is a better constructed movie uh firebirds to me is a lot more fun you know okay uh and part of it is the quality decline i'm not gonna lie um you you were talking about how you didn't like nick cage during the simulation scene drove me nuts oh my god he would not shut up not only thought that that was hysterical i very much saw it as a parody of top gun in that regard (laughs) like and i uh, laughed out loud a little bit i also and i don't know if that was intentional or not or just how i took it uh very funny though (laughs) and i also i liked the I, I liked the computer graphics of the simulation. Something about that I just struck me as hilarious. Yeah. Um, they have not aged particularly well, but yeah. I also fully believe that that was how dumb graphics on simulations looked back then. Like I, I just it was fun. It was a fun time. Right. Um, I, I, um, 
I should say, I have not seen Top Gun. I have, however, seen Top Gun Maverick. Oh. And that movie sucks. This is better than <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I just, this was not working for me. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that this isn't the kind of movie I like either. Um, it's it's not just, because I like action movies. Like, I don't mind action movies, but it's it's this specific type of just like military propaganda bullshit. I was going to say that I cannot like, stand watching. There's a kind of, there's a line where it becomes propaganda. And I yeah. think we're well past that line with right. firebirds. Yeah. I mean, Top Gun crossed that line too. Yes. And, and firebirds just, you know, walked right behind it because it was the huge hit. And I just, in this is Nicolas Cage's really his first attempt at being an action star. Yeah. I don't feel I don't think it works for him in this movie. He now we know later he does become an action star in great movies that are fantastically fun to watch. I just don't think this is the movie um for him. I, I feel like it, it's just an odd choice of a movie. And I don't know, other than wanting to be an action star, why he would take this role. Um, I, I mean, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, it doesn't feel, even having seen some of his later action movies, this one doesn't really feel like a Nick Cage movie. I, and I agree, but I like, one thing that I really appreciate about his performance here is that he had a lot of, I, you didn't get it. Uh, I felt like he had a lot of charisma, but I didn't feel like they tried so hard to make the character, like, overly likable, you know? I felt like they they did a good job poking fun at those kind of, like, cocky, full-of-themselves characters, you know? I laughed at the simulation. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, he still had flaws, especially in his relationship to uh, Billy. Like, they did a good job personifying that archetype in a way that I still found very comical, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, so this, in that regard, it really worked for me. And there were some moments, too, that were just, like, pure silliness. And that went a long way. Like, when he, there's a shot where they get into a fight, and she storms off, and he turns his back, and he kicks the air, but it's like a high kick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you yeah, know? I did chuckle with that, yeah. Like, they're just, uh, it, it's not full comedy, you know, but I feel like he got to kind of flex those comedy chops a little bit more than he does in, like, straight mm. action movies. Yeah. But I, I just, with the relationship with Billy, let's, let's, was that her name? I, I don't know. I, oh, I think that was her name. Okay. That's I don't what know I've been calling these, her. These dumb characters' names. So, uh, Billy Lee Guthrie, okay. according to IMDb. Good Lord, what a name. Billy Lee Guthrie. <laughs> Sounds like a country singer. Um, <laughs> That that whole thing was terrible. They, apparently, they have some backstory, but we're never really let in on on what it is, so it doesn't seem like anything. The two of them have no chemistry. It doesn't hit at all. I don't care if they get together. Like I said, they should stay as far away from each other as possible, to be honest with you. So when they, of course, in, do inevitably get together at the end of the movie, I'm just rolling my eyes going, who cares? I mean... Uh, so... I agree with you in some of that. I don't think they should have ended up together. Um, I I don't like their relationship. I don't think they're good for each other. I, but that's not true. I think she's good for him. I don't think he's great for her. Uh, one thing that I will say, though, I thought their chemistry was passable. I, like, if you compare it to... the 
I don't think anyone with Nicolas Cage that we've seen has had better chemistry with him than Laura Dern. Like, no, I don't, not at all. I, so I think that coming off of Wild at Heart was going to be rough yeah, uh, for and whoever. Do, yeah, and, and I do think that's part of the problem because him and Laura Dern just seemed like a real couple. Like, they just... Yeah. <laughs> and this, these, I mean, these two seem like they barely knew each other. Um, You but, know, at some point, I mean, I... I swear to God, eye dominance became a plot point in this movie. <laughs> and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Are we really doing this? <laughs> um, But I didn't. My, the thing that made it better for me, their relationship uh, was, first of all, that we get to see her standing up to him like several times. Like, he, again, he's kind of that jerky like, archetype character and we get to see a lot of moments of that when he's conversing with billy but i really like you know the the second that he starts throwing a fuss about her career you know she's really quick to throw the towel in and be like hey no <laughs> you know which yeah. it's why i think they shouldn't have ended up together because i think she should have held her ground there but it made me really appreciate her as a character um I and even though it, it was weird because it's like I didn't mind watching Nicolas Cage. I thought his performance was pretty funny. But there were characters in here. Um, th I guess two. There were two characters in here. Uh, her and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I can't think of his character's name. Yeah, um, but he <laughs> he was basically Tommy Lee Jones in here. Mm. And he was great. I loved it. I, I loved like right off the bat. Uh, he was just like <laughs> he was fun. Yeah. Look, every time Tommy Lee Jones, every time I'm watching the movie and he walks on screen, I go, oh, great, Tommy Lee Jones, I, you know, because I know yeah. exactly what I'm going to get. I know who his character is the moment he walks on the screen because he plays the same character in everything and he's brilliant at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. And apparently that was true in 1990 as well as today. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, I just I just wish something interesting would have happened in this movie and nothing did. And like towards the end of the movie, they're at like a, I don't know what, what it's called. I'm the one of my military guy. I don't know, but it's like a base camp of some sort where they're getting ready to take off for the final battle against the cartel. Jesus Christ. And, um, <laughs> they, they, they get they're They're surprised. Uh, like their bombs getting dropped all around them. And I was so hoping Nicholas Cage's character was going to die. I was oh, like, that would be yeah. interesting. But it doesn't happen, of course, because no. this is a propaganda film. <laughs> and so, of course, he has to, you know, win and be the hero. I, I was confused during all of the in-air, in-flight combat scenes with the helicopter. I had no idea who, where anybody was in relation to anyone else at any given time when those were happening. Yeah, It was all over the place. I was so lost during those scenes. That those I were just, the worst scenes. It was it was a mess. I had no idea what was going on, and there was some test that Nicolas Cage had to pass as a pilot at some point, and I have no idea what that test was. I just know that his left eye was more dominant than his right eye, and that was what was causing it, or some bullshit. Yeah, I was I was so confused when those scenes were happening, and then when they tried to give his character, it just it felt completely flat for me all the way around. Yeah, I did not. I was not a fan of this film. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I'm gonna cycle back around to something that you said, which was that this is just not the kind of film that you like. Um, I think that this is, for me, the peak of those kind of films, 
but I'm kind of in the same boat. Like it, it's very propaganda heavy. It's very straightforward. It's very much a turn your brain off and follow along kind of movie. You know, yeah. uh, it it's very much like the here's the bad guys in this case. Usually it's terrorists. I feel like, but in this case, it was the cartel for some yeah. reason yeah. where they're yeah. like, you know, well, drugs yeah. bad, America good. Yeah. It's changed over the years, right? Like right now, it's terrorists. Before that, it was uh, apparently there was a window of time where it was the cartel. Before that, it was the Russians. It was always the Russians. The Russians, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I mean, this is. It's kind of a dumb movie, but it uh, to me, like something like this that doesn't take itself that seriously, uh, is always going to be better than something like Top Gun, which takes itself way too seriously for the kind of movie that it is. Yeah, but it just doesn't it feel like just a, a hollow miss at that point? I mean, Top Gun, I, 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 again, I haven't seen it. I know, but I know what it is. Yeah. And it seems to me like it takes itself seriously. And for some reason, that helps it work. Like, if you're going to give me a propaganda movie like this, take yourself seriously. Otherwise, what are we doing? I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I it just I, and, and look again, coming off of Wild at Heart. I mean, we went from a David Lynch movie <laughs> that you could sit and dissect for hours if you wanted to, to this, which there's nothing to it. No, it, if it, we didn't have differing opinions on this, there would be nothing to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a. It's it, not it's deep. A, it's a big jolt, you know, and. Again, I get it, I guess, from Nicolas Cage's standpoint in this, you know, action movies were super hot in the early 90s and, you, you know, or late 80s, early 90s. And that's what you, you know, wanted to do, you know, as an actor, if you could latch onto one of those and, you know, God love you, if you could catch a franchise, you were set, right? <laughs> right. But this thing, I mean, holy jeez, is it bad. Um. You know, the, the, and what was the, the, cause it's not just the cartel they've got to take down. The cartel has hired their own killer helicopter pilot guy. Yeah. There's, who, <laughs> who's a mercenary of some sort in a helicopter. He has the most dangerous helicopter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks dumb. It looks like Magnum PI's helicopter. Like it's just one of those it stupid bubble so looking bad. helicopters. See, I don't know. That's just, um, and, and I kind of agree with you. I think I, as propaganda for it to work as propaganda, it has to take itself seriously. But I just get so tired of those movies. I, I appreciated that they were poking fun at it. Uh, and there were things like that with the, I think in a straight action movie, it would have been really hard to sell the cartel hiring a rival helicopter yeah, assassin I, bodyguard I guess, but i just you know i i was not watching firebirds for the plot i guess as i'm watching the movie <laughs> um i'm going into this going okay this is one of those propaganda action movies it's top gun with helicopters as they said and so i'm then expecting it I, like i didn't notice that they were even making fun of these kind of movies like it didn't strike me as that it just struck me as they're making one of those movies but they're just not very good at it you might um, be right i assumed that this was supposed to be that there was supposed to be a um parody element to this yeah see i didn't i didn't get that and i wasn't watching it through that lens 
And so it's just stupid. <laughs> it's just <laughs> really stupid. It's that's what it is. There's no other word for it. It's a stupid movie. Now I'm wondering if I gave them too much benefit of the doubt there. I, mean, I can <laughs> see I can see where you got that, but I didn't get that. And so as I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is this is the movie for people who are too stupid to follow Top Gun. <laughs> That's that's what it feels like. Um, which I assumed was them making fun of Top Gun. Either way, I, I do think if you were too stupid for Top Gun, this is the movie for you. Yeah, because they really do. They spell everything out for you. There's nothing subtle about this. Not that there was anything subtle about Top Gun, right? But like right. here, they have like situations where they're like telling you what's going on. You know, the eye dominance thing was really on the nose. <laughs> God, <that> I, <laughs> I, when when they started talking about eye dominance, I was like, I swear to God, if this is the plot for the rest of this movie, I am done. I am not watching a movie <laughs> about someone's eye dominance issues. I really did. The way that they set it up, I thought that, and I guess there kind of was, because there's the whole thing where they tape the panties to his head mm -hmm. and make him drive around. I did think that there was going to be like a full training montage where that was the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, I had kind of forgotten. He already... the. The wild part about this movie to me is that he starts in combat. He starts as one of the best helicopter pilots before they start like getting him into this program. And but there is just this period in the middle where he has to pass the bag test uh, to be a mm. helicopter, like a a what did the like an Apache helicopter pilot? A, or whatever. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I don't. Again, I <laughs> what, I don't fuck all about helicopters or the military or any of that shit. <laughs> But it's some new kind of helicopter. Some new thing. It's so he has to, to retake the, the test. And it's he's the most failing. deadly killing machine in the sky or some bullshit. I don't know. And it runs off of like a vintage like 1990s like Windows video <laughs> game software. Yeah, um, you have to put this thing in front of your eye. But only one eye. Yeah, to, only to, one eye. To be able to fly it apparently. But and there's clearly no lens there. Like, there's yeah. nothing in there feeding that guy information. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, but it messes up Nicolas Cage because his other eye is his dominant eye or something. <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't know. I mean, but, but yes, he does. And then that's I the whole bought, thing. That's the because, thing. Like, I forgot that there was other stuff. I forgot that he had been in combat. I forgot mm -hmm. he already knew how to fly. Like, I just was so convinced by the way that they set that up, that there was going to be a full training montage of him, like, learning. I thought <laughs> I thought it was going to end when he passed his test, you yeah, know? I, I had the same thing, and that's where <laughs> I thought, oh my god, this is about his eye dominance. There's no way. There's no way. But they also, though, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, again, I know nothing about helicopters, but it's, it, there seems to be points in this movie before he has to pass this test when he's not in the simulator, but he's out with Tommy Lee Jones flying this helicopter and he's not using the little eye thing. No. And he's flying perfectly fine. Why does he have to have that stupid eye thing? Why can't he just fly it like he flew everything else? Uh, unclear. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> what is going on? This movie is I, a mess. That was something that I thought they were going to address because I know this was... There was a period with planes where they had to, they, they trained people to fly specifically at night during World War II. 
mm-hmm. with the radars, like only using um like geolocations and mm-hmm. not using like any site. And I thought that they were going to be like, that's one of the things. The final scene of this happens broad daylight in yeah. a helicopter. I'm pretty sure Nick Cage could have already flown. <laughs> I like get yeah. the start of this yeah. that doesn't it, require any of that software. I, yeah, I don't know it, what was going on. Again, it might factor in some way in some real world Apache helicopter way that I'm not familiar with, but the movie's got to tell me that. It's yeah. got to give me the information to know why this is important. Um, Yes. For anyone listening that has not seen Firebirds, we said that this was for people that were too stupid to understand Top Gun. I we very specifically mean emotionally like characters will tell you non-stop what they're feeling oh yeah and what the plot points are if you're someone that doesn't know anything about helicopters you're not going to come away with a clear understanding of what is going on in this team <laughs> like... yeah yeah no take take a class on <laughs> helicopters and then watch this movie <laughs> because My that's the only way you're going to understand what's happening like was because they're like specialists and they go through a thing tommy lee jones is like i need you to eat sleep and breathe helicopters and you're gonna be the best damn helicopters uh and she they made a big deal that billy doesn't fly in the apache team she's there for the final fight and she doesn't seem to know a goddamn thing about helicopters like (laughs) she's a very competent pilot yeah but like she's flying a helicopter but i don't think it's an apache helicopter it's one of the, whatever the other helicopters are called. So why is she there? I don't know. <laughs> She's there because she has to be there to be Nicolas Cage's love interest in this film. She also gets to take down one of the helicopters, which I didn't understand what was going on in the scene because Tommy Lee Jones is like shouting at her. He's renamed all of the like missile parts mm, yeah. so that she can understand what's going on because women don't know how to operate the missiles that they helicopter into cartel zones, apparently. But he's like... <laughs> But so they go through this whole thing, and I really thought that the, she was going to assemble this gun uh, so that like Nick Cage or Tommy Lee Jones or some other man could step in and do it for her because mm-hmm. they were building it up. Like she'd already asked for help and back down, and I just really thought that they were building up to her, you know, needing rescuing. And mm-hmm. she does bring down a helicopter with that she missile, does. and I was really impressed. And you're right, Tommy Lee Jones is like, see that thing that looks like a coffee can? See that thing that looks like a mop in it? And put the, you know, and so Grab it like Screw the coffee back, can into the cigar box. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm out on this movie. It, it's right. it's really <laughs> dumb. And like you said, though, it's when we say like if you understand helicopters uh, <laughs> and you don't care about characters or motivation or anything other than helicopters, this movie's probably awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're me, I mean, it's just what the hell am I watching? <laughs> um or also if you assume it's a parody and you're kind of annoyed by Top Gun, this is it's comedic in, in its own right. Yeah, I um, guess it, it could be looked at as a comedic <laughs> counterpart to Top Gun, I guess. Although there's no beach volleyball scene in here. That is the there's no beach volleyball scene, but there is, and I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the volleyball scene. There is a line in there that is just strangely um like they don't address it where um Nick Cage's friend is just like, I've always said you'd look good in red panties. And it's like <laughs> What? Just because of the way the delivery on that line makes it seem like this is really a thing he says. 
Yes. And not like a joke because Nicolas Cage is wearing red panties on his face. Right, right. So then you and, kind and of again, have to wonder about that guy. <laughs> this is now what the this is the second or third movie we've seen with Nicolas Cage with a panty on his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Raising Arizona, also Wild at Heart, and now this. Um, and and I don't I didn't understand the panties. By the way, um, I I don't think that they were needed in that situation. They could have gotten him an eye patch. Yes. Yeah. That would have been much easier than what they came up with. Um, <laughs> my, my thing initially, because I saw it, that they were panties, and I was like, that's interesting. Why couldn't it be a mask? And then it was like, oh, well, they would have had to cut a mask open to get, you know, the one eye seeing properly through the lens. That makes sense. And then it was like, eye patches were a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And you can get an eye patch at, uh, uh, I, I believe, a, like a drugstore or something, probably. Yeah. Pretty you easily. Can. But uh, all right, uh, I'm uh, I'm done yeah. uh, with things to say about Firebirds. Cat, if you've got anything else, go ahead. Otherwise, we'll jump into the bees. Yeah, we can jump into the bees. All right. Yeah. What, what is that? What is that? What is it? Oh no! Not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! So, um, when we rate movies, we give it two scores. We have a Nicolas Cage score that is uh, a rating not only of Nicolas Cage's performance, but his use um, in the film. And then also we will rate the film uh, itself. Kat, why don't you start us off with your Nick Cage score for Firebirds? Uh, I'm giving Firebirds both for how they use him and how he performed a seven. Um, I think that they used him very wisely. They let him carry a movie which we have seen at this point he could do i think he did a really good job carrying that movie um he doesn't over i he doesn't try too hard to make you sympathize for the character when the character is doing stuff wrong but he is charismatic enough to carry that kind of douchebag character at least for me and i also thought uh that if you treat it as a comedy as i did very funny um All right. Um, this whole thing fell flat for me all the way across the board. Uh, I did not, uh, this is a movie Nicolas Cage shouldn't be in, in my opinion. I have no idea what he was thinking by taking this role. It doesn't suit him. Uh, it, it, it he wasn't, it, I don't know if he wasn't given the, I couldn't find much about background on like the production of this movie. So I don't know if he was, wasn't given the leeway to do things the, the way that he wanted, or if this is what he chose to do. I'm not sure, but either way. It, di it didn't work for me. Um, and I, you know, he, other than making him the star of the movie, which is always a good decision, <laughs> um, I don't think it, it did much. So for me, this is a two. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, not as bad as The Boy in Blue, but still bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kat, what do you give Firebirds as a movie? Uh, as a movie, I'm going to give this. I, I think I'm going to give this a 5.5. Um, it's not... not I, I'm never going to watch this again, ever in my life. I like It's just not the kind of movie that I would watch. Uh, but treating it as a parody, like I did, I think it did a good job poking fun at movies that are kind of like this. Uh, that might have been projection on my part after this discussion. I'm second-guessing how, how I viewed this movie. Uh, but I, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Because like you, I, I turned it on and I realized, you know, like what it was going to be. And it was going to be very propaganda heavy. And I kind of felt myself groaning. And the 90 minutes went by pretty quick. Like, I, I think it was fun. All right. 
Um, I I didn't care for the performances. There was no chemistry between Nicolas Cage and his supposed love interest. Um, there the story was terrible. The uh, helicopter stuff made no sense. Uh, the only thing that I really could embrace in this movie was Tommy Lee Jones being Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> for me, this movie's a one all day long. All right. Yeah. So that is 1990s Wild at Heart. Now, next week on the Nick fucking Wu Cage cast, we're going to be talking about something interesting. Um, we hope. I think, <laughs> I think that uh, during the Wild at Heart uh, episode, I said that uh, I didn't think that Nicolas Cage and David Lynch had worked together again after that. And I thought that was odd because they seemed to, to get along really well. Well, it turns out that they did. Uh, it was just something that no one has ever heard of before. <laughs> um, next week, we're going to be talking about the 1990 David Lynch film Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, The Dream of the Broken Hearted. Uh, <laughs> I, we struggle. Neither one of us knows exactly what the hell this is. It seems to no. be some sort of television show or something. Um, yes, this is or, listed on IMDb as a TV movie, okay. but the description that we read before this makes it sound like the strangest TV movie in existence. Yeah, this thing is, it's, um, uh, Wikipedia um, doesn't say anything. Uh, the only thing it, it says is that it was distributed by Warner Home Video, and then it was released on VHS, Laserdisc, and DVD. Um. And it is uh, apparently an avant-garde concert film. I, I don't know what the hell to expect from this thing. We talked about my experience with David Lynch already. I don't understand the man. Um, I have no doubt that he's a genius. I just don't understand him. Um, I don't know what to expect from this thing, but I am kind of curious to see it. It also does, not only is it a star Nicholas Cage, Laura Dern's back. Yeah. Um, and they have really and, good chemistry. So Yes. And uh, I'm interested to see what this is, but it's listed as a concert film. I I, I don't I I don't understand. <laughs> I don't really know what a concert film is. I will say I left with the impression that this was going to be like earlier when we talked about it. I thought maybe to expect something like The Wall. And yes. hearing the words concert film make me wonder if I'm way off base there. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I really have no clue what we're in for, but um, we will talk about it next week. It is we're available. Um, it seems fairly easily um, found, so uh, we should not have any of those issues. Now, if we do run into those issues, um, which I don't think we will, uh, then we will be uh, passing by that and going to 1991's Zandali. Z I guess that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> I'm assuming. Yeah, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think I, I don't think we'll have any trouble finding the David Lynch thing. This, though, um, we've joked about this in the past that uh, these episodes, we don't have like a planned length for. They just kind of go as long as they go. And um, this might be the shortest one that we've ever done because it's going to be a weirdo David Lynch film that is <laughs> like an hour long. Um, so it might be the shortest episode Uh <laughs> It might we, be. We We'd have to try to make it shorter than Time to Kill, I feel like. Yeah, that but was a, yeah. You, yeah. you called that a speed run, and you were right. <laughs> that was a pretty uh, that was a pretty quick episode, but that, that was a tough movie to talk about. Uh, we might take another crack at it, because yeah. there's a good chance this being a David Lynch concert film that we both just show up and are like, what? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I understand what all those words mean. 
<laughs> David Lynch concert film starring Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. Like individually, I get all of those concepts. When they're together, though, in one thing, I don't I, like. Is is Laura Dern going to be like playing a banjo when Nicolas Cage is playing the fiddle? I have no idea. But we'll, <laughs> okay, we're now gonna I'm going to be a little bit together. disappointed if that doesn't happen because that <laughs> sounds great. Yeah, I set the expectations pretty high with that. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on uh, on uh, Twitter. I am at Radio Rob one two three. Um, I'm also on Blue Sky, same username there at Radio Rob one two three. I'm really trying to use Blue Sky a lot more than Twitter these days. I'm trying, um, but I I am due to get a new phone th- mm-hmm. like here in a week or so. So I mm-hmm. haven't been putting new apps into my phone because you know I'm gonna have to go through all that nonsense again, and yeah. it's uh. So I haven't put it into my phone yet, and that makes it really hard to use it more. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Although I will say this, that kind of saddens me that you're getting a new phone because we uh we all have the same phone. We did all have the same phone, and now you're upgrading. Yeah, unbelievable, cat. I know. Um, but uh, anyway, you can find me there. You can listen to the other show Cat and I do together with uh, with Mikey Bones uh, called Slasher Radio. It's all about horror movies. You can find it wherever you're listening to the Nick fucking Woo Cage cast. Cat, where can people find you? Uh, you can still find me on Twitter, Cat uh, underscore Valor. You can find me on Blue Sky. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to be on there a lot more. Uh, same with Instagram. And mm-hmm. uh, you can check out my website, catvalor.com. I have a book. You can get it. Uh, it's available. So, <laughs> yeah, the the thing about Blue Sky is you have to start all over again, like at zero. And yeah, there's still not a ton of people on there because it's still invite only. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to like sometimes I'll, I'll like, oh, I'm going to check Blue Sky. And like the last thing anyone that I followed posted was four hours ago. <laughs> you know, It's like, mm, all right. That is kind um, of the thing about it, but I and I keep telling people that I think Blue Sky is going to be really good. Like it's the I, one that I have the most faith in right now. It, even it's though much I don't better use than it. Threads, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's got to be better than Threads. Yeah. Uh, um. So yeah, I, I I have a lot of faith in Blue Sky too. It's just in this sort of whatever it's in a limbo this phase, right now. Yeah, whatever this phase is that they're in, um, uh, seems to uh, it's it's just not as as jumping as you'd hope it would be. All right, Kat. Um, we'll be back next week with. Um, I already closed the window. Whatever the hell that Industrial movie was. Industrial Symphony said. Number One: The Dream of the Broken Hearted. There you go. <laughs> we will be talking about uh, David Lynch again here on the Nick Fucking Woo Cage Cast.